after Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath Heres, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaesh. After that, whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he'd done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. In his anger against Israel, the Lord handed them over to raiders who plundered them. He sold them to their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them, just as he had sworn to them. They were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of the raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. Unlike their fathers, they quickly turned from the way in which their fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord had compassion on them as they groaned under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their fathers, following other gods and serving and worshipping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and said, Because this nation has violated the covenant that I laid down for their forefathers and has not listened to me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I will use them to test Israel and see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their forefathers did. The Lord had allowed those nations to remain. He did not drive out at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua. These are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites, who had not had previous battle experience. The five rulers of the Philistines, all of the Canaanites, the Sidians, the Hivites living in the Lebanon mountains, from Mount Baal Hermon to Lebohamath. They were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which he had given their forefathers through Moses. The Israelites lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, and Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. 
They took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and, sh and served the Baals and the Asherahs. The anger of the Lord <coughs> burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan Rishathaim, king of Aram Naharaim, to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. But when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan Rithashayim, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. So the land had peace for 40 years. Until Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. Once again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now, I can't believe that the Israelites were that weak-minded or that easily led. They would have been told stories about what God had done. But for some reason, these stories had either been forgotten or because they hadn't been personally experienced by any of the Israelites that were currently alive, the stories were just dismissed as irrelevant or no more than a good story to tell the children before bed. And this kind of echoes our British culture at the moment. To many, Christianity is still something that just sounds nice, but is neither true nor relevant to their lives. Except at Christmas, when the nativity is read to children as a nice story before Father Christmas comes and gives them presents. You know, I, I realise that at this point in the timeline of the Old Testament, although God sent judges, the, this help from the judges wasn't enough. Every single Israelite needed the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit that was just given to the judges. They needed a spirit to be there all the time, to teach them and guide, prompt and help. A large section of Horsham living now need that Holy Spirit, or they will never realise that the story of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago isn't just a story. In the same way that those Israelites living after Joshua died needed to know that those stories of Moses and Noah and Abraham weren't just stories that, that were just part of their culture. So let's thank God for the Holy Spirit now, because without the Holy Spirit, we are also vulnerable to think that God isn't as able or as real or as powerful or as loving as he really is. Um, now, th this service, I, I want to be calm and quiet and relaxing, so we're just going to do the song sitting down. Um, if you don't know the song, shut your eyes and listen to the words. Um, I've put some lights on there if it, it helps people. Uh, we're going to sing three songs now. I'd like to continue focusing our thoughts on the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to start with a story. So close your eyes. Imagine you're in a corridor of a large building, a castle, a mansion, a large office building. It's late. And you can see a little 
due to the midnight coming through the windows. You're holding up a wind-up lamp in one hand and a large pile of books in the other. You've been using the lamp for a while and it sends out a small amount of warm light. The pile of books are important to you and you need them as you walk around the building. Some are reference books, some are stories. One is a diary, one a notebook. They're a little bit heavy and awkward. You need to get to a particular room in the building and you're relying on the light to help you remember your way because certain pictures and notices on the walls help you keep your bearings. Your problem is the light is getting dimmer and dimmer and you don't really want to stop and take time to wind your lamp up again. It will mean you have to put all your books down and you want to find that room as quickly as possible. You get to a junction and you're not sure whether to go left and right. You stop relying on the light and you guess at left. You trip down two steps that you weren't expecting. You've twisted your ankle. You have to pick up a couple of books that you dropped. You come to another junction in the corridor. You turn right and you fall down a whole flight of stairs, landing heavily at the bottom. And by now you've lost all sense of where you are, you're sore, you're tired, and most of your books are scattered at different points on the staircase. You realise you've been very foolish not to take two minutes to wind up your lamp. So you sit down with your back to the wall and quietly wind it up. Within minutes the light is so bright that you recognise where you are straight away and know exactly how to reach the room that you wanted. You get up carefully, rubbing your back, collect up your lost books and walk confidently on your way. Okay, open your eyes. To sum that story may well help. We're trying to get that wind-up light to represent the Holy Spirit. Um, and sometimes we need to ask for a renewing of the Holy Spirit. Not because God has stopped giving, but we've stopped asking. And without that renewing of the Holy Spirit, we are less able to know what God wants us to do. And less able to stop ourselves doing what's wrong. The Holy Spirit can guide us through all things. Which is a tremendous comfort. And a good reason why he is called the Comforter. Uh, there were a couple of promises that Jesus gave his disciples and us, and they're both from John. John 14 says this, If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And he carries on promising about the Holy Spirit. 
He says this, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Um, I also want to add that to you. Sorry, I haven't got it on this screen. But he also says, peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled. And neither let it be afraid. We're going to spend some time in worship now. Asking God for the renewing of the Holy Spirit. We all know. We all need it. Uh, And then we're going to have a time of open prayer. And following the open prayer, Brian's going to come and pray for us. And with us. Uh, I'm going to start this section with a song that I wrote a month or so ago. And it's called, Truly My Heart Waits. Right, the last thing... I wanted to guide your thoughts about is who do we listen to? And the passage we looked at right at the beginning of the service, it says that the Israelites would not listen to their judges. And again it says when the judge was dead, they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers. In those days, from what I've read of this section of the Israelites' story and their history, The alternative religions and cults were part of the culture which was normal to the people living around the area that weren't Jewish. So without a holy prompt from a judge, they adopted other people's beliefs and religions because these neighbours had become part of their family and their friendship. They did go against God, but the total abandonment of God I feel happened probably in tiny increments. One, come on, I'm sure this won't do any harm, followed by another until they found themselves a long way away from God. And again, I I feel this is easy to do in our lifetime as well. And although we have the Holy Spirit to help us and prompt us and guide us, I wonder whether sometimes we listen to the wrong person. So my final question to you all is who do we listen to? Who do we respect enough to guide our thoughts, guide our actions and guide our decisions? We should all be supporting our friends here at Brighton Road to help us all make the right decisions. But we may need to be careful about who else we trust to help us because despite being good people, If they aren't Christians, they might not fully understand where we're coming from and we might start walking away from God. And I wonder that sometimes we allow that oh-so-subtle voice of the devil in our own thoughts to steer us in the wrong direction. And then we start believing the lies he tells us too. Um, This song I, I wrote particularly to make this point and it's called Listen. I also think that sometimes the reason we don't listen to God is because we're trying to do too much in our own strength rather than ask for God's help. And it's like we're in that corridor trying to find our way using a very dim lamp. And when we're in the middle of that chaos and it's all gone wrong, 
because we haven't asked for God's help. We stop listening too because we're too stressed to take time out to listen and pray. Um, and this has been my downfall genuinely many, many times. Um, the worst time, I think, was during a particularly disastrous teaching practice. I was overstretched, I was overtired, I was failing miserably. I'd lost a lot of weight, I was on my knees, genuinely. Uh, I was a new Christian and I didn't really realise the power of prayer. And to my own detriment, I only prayed about this situation when everything had got so bad I had no other option. Um, I'm going to sing you the song that came out of that terrible time. It's also about God trying to get us to listen. And all this time. 